year, churches take a moment to remember the beloved saints in our community who have gone on to glory during the past year. We at St. Paul's have a local church tradition to remember those who have passed on Memorial Day Sunday, so we did that. But I didn't want to let this day go past without us acknowledging the loss that we have experienced in our community. Two of the people that we lost this past year were Bud and Faye Ely. These two wonderful saints in our church went home while we were still in the throes of the pandemic. Their family did not feel comfortable hosting an in-person memorial gathering at that time. However, a few weeks ago at our Tiffin Rotary Club meeting, I had an opportunity to remember Bud and to remember Faye. Their daughters were present via Zoom and they were able to hear our thoughts about Bud and Faye. They were presenting our Rotary Club with a gift uh, in memory of Bud who served Rotary for, for a long time. So I wanted to share uh, the thoughts that I shared with the club on that day. I wanted to share that with all of you today. So if we can show that. My name is Charlene Thomas. I'm the pastor at St. Paul's United Methodist Church. There are moments in ministry that bring great joy to you. And there are moments in ministry that bring great sadness. One of the things that I have found as I've traveled this road of ministry is when I meet people like Bud and Faye, and I meet them in the, the autumn of their life. I grow sad because I didn't get to know them in, in the prime. I hear the stories when I'm at church of, of Bud singing in the choir and, and loaning his beautiful tenor voice to our choir, and I hear of his leadership filling in positions that, that are difficult. A church treasury position is not the most popular person. But uh, Bud always, from what I am told, always stepped forward to serve. And isn't that who we are? And who we are called to be as Rotarians, as Christians, as Americans? Bud fulfilled all of those roles, and, and Faye was right alongside of him. Where one was, the other was not far. And so uh, I was able to go to Elmwood and serve communion to Bud and Faye together. And they were charming and kind and welcoming. They would stand as soon as Pastor Amy and I arrived to give them communion. They would stand as if we were worth standing for. But isn't that what we're called to do? Is to make people feel valued. <coughs> make people feel appreciated. They appreciated that we took time out of our schedules to come to them and, and share this holy meal with them. And they would get so excited to share stories with us. And, and Bud would be Faye's uh, hearing assistant. As Faye grew older, she couldn't hear quite as well. So Bud always made sure that she knew what was happening and what we were doing. And we would stand in a sacred circle in, in their assisted living room. And we would share meal that Jesus offered us and it was a holy moment and so I am grateful for the opportunity to know them I am sad that I didn't get to know Faye and Bud in a deeper way I always tell people 
just as in scripture the mantle was passed from one to a next generation when someone like bud and someone like faye passes there's a moment where we have to choose as people to pick up the mantle that they carried so well and so we as rotarians can live into bud's life and bud's legacy of service above self because if we don't pick up that mantle who will and we owe it to him we owe it to her and all of the rotarians who have passed before us we owe them to pick up the mantle and to serve above self and to mentor the next coming generation just as they mentored us and so if you would indulge me i would like to pray a prayer of thanksgiving for bud's life <laughs> I hope you could hear that. It was a little difficult to hear, but I had uh, the joy of sharing how Bud and Faye served our community, how they served our church, how they uh, chose to be a, a vital part of this community. You see, there's a moment in our scripture today. There's a moment where Elisha chose to pick up the mantle of his friend and his teacher, the prophet Elijah. The older prophet had been taken up by God, whisked off into a whirlwind, separated from the younger man by a chariot fire, by horses of fire, and then he was gone. And the young Elisha was gripped by grief and anguish. And in that moment, Elisha was also gripped by the idea that he needed to make a decision. Who would he be now? His teacher was gone. His mentor was no longer there to guide him. What would he do? Verse 13 says, Elisha picked up the mantle that had fallen. He went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan River. He picked up the mantle, choosing to continue the work of the elder prophet. He would continue the work of leading God's people, being a prophetic voice of God in the world. He picked up the mantle. He picked up the work and began immediately. He began showing others that he was worthy of the work that had been left to him, but more than worthy, he was willing. He was willing to sacrifice. He was willing to face questions. He was willing to face ridicule. He was willing to do these things because he had been called into this work, prepared for it by the elder prophet, and had chosen it when he picked up that mantle. As I said, we all have a moment that we are faced with a choice. I've said this time and time again. Will we pick up the mantle that has been left behind by those who have served faithfully? Are we willing to sacrifice to do this holy work? Are we willing to make it a priority for ourselves, for our families? Are we willing to mentor the next generation? Are we willing to walk the walk, not just talk the talk? Are we willing to be a disciple on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday evening, on Friday night, not just on Sunday morning? Are we willing to sacrifice 
to do this holy work. I spent this past week in Fort Wayne, Indiana at the North Central Jurisdictional Conference of the United Methodist Church. All of you uh, United Methodism nerds like me know that the North Central Jurisdiction is the jurisdiction that our annual conference belongs to. The North Central Jurisdiction is made up of annual conferences from East and West Ohio, from Indiana, Michigan, Illinois, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Iowa, and North and South Dakota. We are part of the North Central Jurisdictional Conference that comes together to elect bishops that will serve in our jurisdiction. Three bishops were elected during this past week. There were 10 candidates for the Episcopal office. Two of these candidates were from East Ohio. That's how I got dragged into this. I traveled to Fort Wayne as part of Kara Stoltz Costello's support team. Kara's the one on your right with the purple hair. It's not quite that vibrant in person, though she is. Jonathan Preby was the other candidate from East Ohio. This picture that's on your left is the uh, delegation for East Ohio. It's made up of an equal number of clergy and laity. I have said before, one of my favorite things about the United Methodist Church, one of the things that I love is that everyone has a voice. Everyone has a say. Everyone gets a vote. You just have to step up and take that opportunity. And so as these clergy and lay delegates gathered to elect our bishops, they were picking up the mantle of those who have served before them and helping to form the leadership that will lead our church into the next four years. So my candidate, Kara, did not, was not elected this time. That's not unusual for candidates to uh, offer themselves several uh, conferences to, to be elected. These were the three bishops that were elected. Bishop Kenitha Bigham Tasai is on your left in the red suit. She was historically elected on the first ballot of voting at this jurisdictional conference. Bishop Lynette Plenbeck is in the middle. Uh, she was elected about the 12th ballot. And Bishop Dan Schwerin was elected uh, on the last balloting that was taken. There are 165 voting delegates. You have to get 60% of the vote to be elected to uh, the Episcopal office. As soon as you are elected, you are put to work. Much like Elisha, as soon as he picked up the mantle and, and uh, split the Jordan River through the power of God, he was put to work. They, as soon as they accept... Uh, they are whisked away. I don't know what happens to them in that hour. Uh, but they come back and are immediately seated at the head table with the College of Bishops and begin uh, the work of administration in our denomination. Uh, throughout the country, there were many jurisdictional conferences this past weekend where uh, history was made as the first Native American was elected as a bishop in the United Methodist Church. Our uh, Episcopal office is very diversified. There are men, women, uh, people of many different colors, races. And so we, uh, we thank God for those who have chosen to step forward and pick up the mantle of the Episcopal office. Um, one of the bishops that was working this week was um, Bishop John Hopkins, who licensed me. 
um, in 2016. He retired in 2017, but was back at the table because one of our Episcopal leaders passed away, and so he stepped out of retirement to serve that, uh, that Episcopal area. Uh, Reverend Tracy Smith Malone, our bishop, has been reassigned to the East Ohio Conference, and so she will continue to lead us at least for one more or two more years until jurisdictional conference in 2024. It was extremely interesting to see how the process worked. I was very proud to be part of it, um, and I got to take Dominic and my mom went along, and so they got to see parts of it. Um, you will not be surprised to know that Donna met every single bishop from every single um, Episcopal, I know, I was nervous. She hunted down Bishop, the bishop from West Ohio like a hound dog, and uh, I, was, I was nervous for all of us, but they're all still standing, and so are we. Um, but yeah, it was, it was very exciting to see the work of the United Methodist Church and the hope of the future it's, it's amazing, and I am so grateful that Kara asked me to uh, be part of her team. She asked me if I would go next time because she's going to run again in 2024, um, and so in July of 2024, uh, we'll go to Sioux Falls, South Dakota um, for the North Central Jurisdictional Conference again. These three people that you saw who were elected chose to pick up the mantle that was released by the bishops who had gone before. They have big shoes to fill. They have much responsibility, especially during this period in our denomination's history where we're having a bit of an identity crisis, trying to figure out where we stand on theology surrounding human sexuality. These people will face hard work and long days. They will face questions and ridicule. They will face whatever comes down the road at them, and my prayer, and I know their prayer, is that they will faithfully lead God's people where God leads them. You may wonder, what does any of this have to do with me? To my knowledge, no one in this room is interested in serving as a bishop in the United Methodist Church. That doesn't mean that God won't call any of you. But you don't need to be a bishop to pick up a mantle that's being released. When Faye and Bud Ely left this earth, a mantle of responsibility was released. When saints from our congregation, people like Mary McClung and Bev and Galen Klein and Karen Kinsler and Vicki Noller left this earth, a mantle of responsibility was released. And we all in that moment face a choice. We are all left with a decision. Will we choose to lean into the legacy that they have left for us Will we choose to pick up the mantle that has been carried so faithfully and diligently? Will we choose to serve God's world, God's people, and God's church in the way that they chose to serve? Will we make God's work our work, a priority for our lives? Will we make the difficult decision of choosing between our wants and our will to work for God? Will we care for God's church and God's people in the ways that we have seen others care? Will we teach, serve, clean, cook, care for, give of ourselves and our resources in the ways that they did? We all have someone that we look back on who has impacted our faith life. 
Will we be someone for someone else? Will we be the hand that reaches out? Someone who opens the door that has been closed? Will we be the one who sits with someone else in their time of pain and hurting? Will we be the safe space of grace that has been shown to us? Someday will folks remember us and our service to the church and will they understand the importance of taking up the mantle that we leave behind? Someday will never come unless we communicate to others how important this work is. We can't pass on to others what we have not taken hold of ourselves. All around God's world, each and every day, people are faced with choices. Some choose careers that care for God's people like our new bishops did. Some choose to carry the mantle of discipleship to help others know and to understand Jesus. And we are so grateful for their witness. As we enter into this time of thanksgiving in our country, will we stop and give thoughtful consideration as to what we are truly thankful for. I am thankful for saints like the people that I have named. I am grateful for the way in which they taught us all through their living. I am grateful that in their passing, I have the chance to honor them as I choose to pick up their mantle, their faith life, their humble service, their love of God and others. I am honored that I have the opportunity to choose service in God's kingdom and that I have the opportunity to affect those coming behind me, my son and the young people of our congregation, all of our children, that they see that we make church a priority, that we show up, that we're here that we love one another, even on our difficult days. I am so proud that we have the honor of picking up the work of Jesus Christ, showing grace in the most ungrace-filled moments. And so, we all choose to pick up the mantle and to go to work. And all God's people said, amen. Let us move into a time.